0: Glory to Jesus Christ, Glory in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate the leave taking. Excuse me, of the great feast of the Annunciation, which is also the Synaxis, or the gathering together of the people of God to celebrate the Archangel Gabriel. For as the tradition of the Church, after a great feast. That those who were figured in that feast are then on the next day celebrated the Archangel Gabriel according to the tradition of the church this is not his first mission this is not his first message to the most holy Theotokos according to tradition it was the Archangel Gabriel who taught Moses who revealed to him what he was to write in the Torah. Because, have you maybe wondered, how did Moses know what was going on at the beginning? But it is according to tradition that Archangel Gabriel is the one who in the wilderness taught Moses. The Archangel Gabriel also appeared to the prophet Daniel in the book of Daniel, interpreting to him the miraculous visions that Daniel had of kings and kingdoms and what was being prepared for with the coming of Christ. He also appeared to our own patron, to the righteous Anna, and to her husband Joachim, Anna in the garden, and the grief that she had for the lack of a child, consoling her and telling her of the birth of Mary. And of course, Gabriel announcing to the righteous Joachim, as he himself was in the wilderness, that he also was to take joy, for they were to give birth to Mary. We also know from Scripture that Gabriel had an earlier assignment from the great annunciation to the Most Holy Mother of God, and that was to Zechariah, the father of St. John the Forerunner. Not only was Gabriel the one who announced to the Mother of God the gospel, the message of salvation that she herself was to partake in to submit herself to, to obey and to receive the blessing of God and the descent of the Holy Spirit to have Christ dwelling within her for nine months. Gabriel was also assigned as the guardian of the Theotokos. It was he who had fed her in the temple the one who had escorted her who had taken care of her is also gabriel who appeared to joseph in the dream to console him that it was indeed a virginal conception by the holy spirit that he did not need to worry about that aspect of things but he needed to strengthen himself and be the protector that he was to be is also according to tradition the angel That came to Christ in Gethsemane and ministered to him, that strengthened him, was the Archangel Gabriel. Because the name Gabriel itself means the strength of God or the virtue of God. So, of course, it is the strength of God, this angel, that strengthened Christ in Gethsemane. And finally, it is in Scripture the announcement to the merbears that falls to Archangel Gabriel. As he gets, of course, again to announce the glad tidings, not this time of the birth, the conception of Christ, but the resurrection of our Lord. Throughout scripture, the angelic realm is something very palpable, real. It's like God punctuates at certain times with the sending of his messengers. It's exp- Reflected throughout the experience of Israel is reflected in the experience of the church and it is ongoing not just from scripture but in the life of the church the acknowledgement of the protection of the angels of their bringing messages of their uh, attachment to us and their protection and leading of us. For it is God who governs, but he leads and governs us with communication and with help of the angels. This is something replete, it is assumed throughout scriptures. We all know of our guardian angel, but there is another aspect that angels, as we know from the book of Daniel, but also from the book of Revelation, the angels are assigned to particular posts. In Daniel, we know the angels are assigned to the nations, but we also know from the book of Revelation that churches are assigned angels. The very beginning of the book of Revelation, as John is taken up and revealed a great vision of our Lord, we have the Lord's word, letters to all of the angels Of the churches there in Asia Minor. I just want to share what this vision of the Son of Man is. John turned to see the voice, and having turned, I saw this is the voice of John seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength and when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead this is the natural reaction throughout scripture outside of the annunciation is to fall down in dread at this great revelation but he laid his right hand on me saying to me do not be afraid I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. What an image of Christ standing amidst the church. The lampstands as the church and in his hands the stars representing the angels assigned to these churches. His feet like brass. His head and hair white like wool. His eyes like flame of fire. His voice, like the sound of many waters, like a waterfall, was his voice. And maybe the oddest of this image, his tongue is a sharp two-edged sword. He shone like the sun. This is quite an image of Christ who stands in glory. The one who, as he says, is the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The one who... Lived, died, and lives forevermore. The one who holds the keys of death to unlock death. And in this great introduction of our Lord, he has a word to give to the churches. He writes to seven different churches And instead of just listing off the places, I will give you a basic summary of what these churches struggled with. There was the loveless church, the persecuted church, the compromising church, the corrupt church, the dead church, the faithful church, the lukewarm church. Now, in all of these, in his messages, and I encourage you to go look in the first three chapters of Revelation to review what our Lord has to say in the Spirit to these churches. As in the Gospels, there is the echo. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There's always a word of encouragement that Jesus gives To each of these churches, even though it seemed like as I was going through that list, okay, loveless church, persecuted church, compromising church, corrupt church, dead church, these are all pretty negative uh, summaries. And then faithful church, lukewarm church. But our Lord, in every word given in the Spirit to each of these churches, there is always a positive word. Because there is always within the church a remnant. Those who have given themselves, who have stood, who have been faithful, who have kept their first love. And this is as we celebrate the Archangel Gabriel, as we contemplate the angels, as we contemplate the angel that is assigned to this church. We have to wonder what does our Lord have to say in the spirit to us? We are growing, experiencing challenges of growth, space, connectivity, all sorts of challenges. We're going to have a vote about moving, but more importantly about than all of the stuff that we can disagree about or have different opinions or that we are physically maybe feeling challenged by, there is at the kernel of this the importance of what our spiritual state is. It's not the walls around us or the property that we settle on. While those are important things, what is most important is what our Lord has to say to us. Where are we in regards to our Lord? What is, do we as a church have to stand in faithfulness to hear the one who shines like the Sun with a tongue like a sword the Ephesian church the first church was faithful and had persevered they had withstood but our Lord's word to them is that they had lost their first love and an encouragement He tells them, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To the church in Smyrna, to the prosecuted and persecuted one, he gives them this word, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. There is in our Lord's words to each of these churches, as I said, A challenge some aspect where they are struggling and then there is a word of encouragement as we go through this time of transition and we have as we have been in this time of transition there is always challenges that come up interpersonal spiritual Temptations to despondency, temptations to anger, temptations to division, temptations to just leaving. But at the heart of all of this, we need to recognize that there's spiritual warfare going on. Why was an angel attached to each one of us and an angel attached to this church? It is for the protection. Listen to the Triparian, to the archangel Gabriel. Gabriel, commander of the heavenly host, We who are unworthy beseech you, by your prayers encompass us beneath the wings of your immaterial glory. And faithfully preserve us who fall down and cry to you. Deliver us from all harm, for you are the commander of the powers on high. No matter what, the mission of the church, what we at St. Anne's have before us, is always the challenge of idols And what we will put before us as the most important thing. Our Lord. Love for him and love for our brothers and sisters. So this is a time for increased prayer. Prayer to our angel. Prayer to St. Anne, the protectress and patron of this church. For the unity of the church. For our unity in doctrine, the teachings of Christ and the church. That we be united in love. That we be united in Christ's mission here in East Tennessee. Because we need their help. We need their protection. Because we're all involved waging spiritual warfare. And if you think that does not give a target on your back, as I tell all catechumens... And especially as we are preparing to receive a group of catechumens in, this is the time in Lent, especially Lent. I don't know about you all, but this has been a Lent. Has it been a Lent? It has been a Lent. (laughs) From every direction, stresses, problems. And I don't mean that I'm speaking in some uh, cryptic way about some serious problem at St. Anne's. I'm not talking about that. All I'm talking about is all the stuff that comes from without. <laughs> that eats away at our love for God. That distracts us from the one thing needful. That is our first and true love. That we need all the help that we can get. So for the sake of the unity of the church, united in doctrine and love and mission, that we can stand before This righteous king, the one who has the tongue as a two-edged sword. That's the word of God that cleaves us to the marrow of our bones if we let him. So that he can raise us up. That we stand thinking, praying, contemplating what our Lord's word is to our angel. To us here at St. Anne's. That we implore the angels for their protection, for their help. So that we can be like the mother of God at the Annunciation. Who through her faithfulness in the small things. The prayer and fasting that our Lord talks about in the other gospel. That she is when she encounters Gabriel with this message that she doesn't fully comprehend that she is in trust and faith in God, ready to give herself over to God. So that in faithfulness in the small things, she becomes faithful to have Christ living within her, to be born of her. This is our mission. This is exactly what we as the church do. Let us pray not only to Almighty God with fervent prayer, but to the angels, to Saint Anne, to the most holy mother of God, that she will, and they will, protect us from all calamity, from all things that seek to destroy us, to rend us, to separate us, to protect us, to the glory of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.